welcome back to part two of Dr. Faraz's IMG success story. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, I need to stop you right here and send you over there to listen to his story. Dr. Faraz is a psych accredited trainee. He's an IMG from India. And in part one, he explains how he went through the whole process, studied for AMC and managed to find himself a job. So please listen to that first. If you already have, welcome back. Now let's listen to Dr. Faraz as he continued to tell us his story. So that's amazing. So you got the job. Um, and how, so when was your start date? Like when, how soon were you going to start work? So I got the notification of the job uh, halfway through May. That was um, May of 2019. And they told me that I'm due to start my job in July. And it seemed quite unreal. Like mm. Although they said that I was supposed to go st- start all w- start my work in July, I was now freaking out about a different thing. Now that I had the job, I couldn't believe that I could work until I actually stepped into a hospital to work yeah. because I didn't just have APRA registration. I also had to get a job visa. And mind you, the oh, other yeah. three people that I was with in my cohort of observers all had Australian citizenships. Mm. So they could have had a doctor who could have started working the next day after their registration. But they still chose to go with the one who didn't. That says something. That says something. So it's not not rocket science. Mm. There's no way you will not get a job. It's not something to overthink about. Just you've got to be naturally what you would do if you're genuinely working in a hospital. And I'll... And I'll explain that a bit more in detail later, uh, how you would or what you would do. But it's 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 very yeah. basic. Yeah. All right. So I got the job. They said I was due to start in July. But uh, lesser known fact, I actually started working in November. Yeah. Opera takes forever. Yes. So that's something you've got to be prepared for. That yeah. more often than not, after you get a job, you end up losing one term at least. Because if you have your visa in, uh, in order, if, you've, if you have working rights in Australia, then a minimum of three to three and a half months from APRA to do your registration and then another, uh, and then you start working. But if you don't have your visa, so keep that, well, that's three and a half months for registration mm-hmm. and about a month for uh, your visa processing to take place. They're pretty good at it. Um, my advice would be, yes, it does cost a bit of money, but if you can, just get all your paperwork and your affairs in order through an agent who can help you with all of this because if they can help you compile all documents into one place, all you've got to do is the second you get your registration, you send your registration certificate to them and they apply for you. What are these agents and where are they located? And how did you find one? So if you uh, if you Google immigration agents in yeah. your state and... Uh, in, in your Australian state or back home? No, no, in Australia. Okay. In Australia. So uh, just uh, Google migration agent. That's yeah. what they're called. Migration agents and uh, whatever state you're in, say migration agent Queensland. So and the state that you're going to work in or the state that you're physically in at the moment? Doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't okay. matter because I yeah. had uh, an agent from one state when I'd applied for a job in another one. Okay. So you can you can get um, and these agents they all work remotely because all they need is you to all they need from you is to send them documents which is all online now. Can anyway. you also do this if you're in another country? Absolutely. Okay. Because yeah. it's all all your communication to these people is via mm. email anyway. Yeah. Okay. So they've got quite set uh, prices about how much they charge. Uh, so it roughly costed me about. <clears throat> 
a thousand dollars to get mm-hmm. all my visa paperwork sorted mm-hmm. there are a lot of migration agents i mean to be honest i didn't do too much research over here because at this point i was i got a bit too excited that i had a job so i just chose the first one that uh, i found but um, if you find different ones they probably more helpful and cheaper mm-hmm. so it'll cost you roughly around 600 to 1200 dollars if i'm giving a rough ballpark mm-hmm. about uh, how to get your paperwork in order but you know if you're very good at uh, and you're very patient with immigration websites and that is my biggest pet peeve an immigration website is possibly or well, the australian immigration website is the most difficult website to navigate because mm-hmm. it takes you hyperlink to hyperlink to hyperlink and then you're stuck somewhere and you're like Okay, I can apply for these all of these visas, but which one of these actually apply to me? Yeah. So, s- long story short, find yourself a migration agent. Yeah. Which is what I did, and um, from what I am seeing now, since ever since I've moved to Australia, uh, my APRA registration was possibly the quickest. It was about two months, uh, less than two and a half months, and my visa took about a month. Yeah. And um, so. That was mm-hmm. August. Uh, well, I, I had to apply in July because uh, I got my contract then. I applied in July, so it took July, August, and end of August I got my um, APRA, and then s- September, well, midway through September actually, mm-hmm. and then a bit of September and October took me my work visa to come through, mm-hmm. and then I started working November. So it was about all up about four months since I was due to start that I started working. Yeah. and because when i started it was already uh, about halfway through one no, yes almost halfway through a rotation mm. because the hospital that i started working in they do each rotations for about 3 uh, months yep. a little over 3 months so i was i had only a month and a half and my contract was expiring so when you um when you started what what was your position what were you, what was your title So it's a it's a different position which are which is synonymous with uh, different uh, three letter abbreviations in different states mm-hmm. uh, where I started it was I was called an RMO a resident yeah. medical officer. So you started as a junior doctor. As which, a junior yeah, doctor. Yeah. So And be- what rotations did you what was the first rotation that you did? Uh, well I had about a month a less than a month of uh, work in stroke. Yeah. and i had to really prove myself in that month because when i went to go see the director and i said to her that i i know i was supposed to start in july but unfortunately that's that's the nature of paperwork these days that uh, it takes so long she was appreciative and understanding and uh, in very sophisticated and simple terms she told me you've got to prove yourself in the yeah. next in the next 4 to 6 weeks if you can prove yourself then we'd be happy to renew your contract but it really depends on your performance wow that doesn't actually give you cuz like reality is most people can't prove themselves in 4 weeks i certainly don't think i could have so that puts a lot of pressure on you to get another contract otherwise you finally got your foot in the door and you got no con- you got no contract after a month no contract renewal no um. abs- absolutely and uh, i think um, it was still not real because mm. when i first got the job i was the next stressor i had was upper registration yeah, and the next one was a visa and then i'm like oh gosh i just i've just got one month left on my contract yeah. and now i need to work hard for another one so it was still not very real for me yeah. and i told myself i would not believe that i'm working in australia mm. until i have that additional contract yeah and it's important that people understand that 
um, you weren't given a one-year contract because if you start halfway through the year, so some places will give one year, some places will give two years, but if you start halfway through the year, they always do the contract up to the set date in January that they have new doctors that are on board. So in your case, it's like you got almost like from July to January at the date. So that's why you only had a little bit of time. Exactly. Yeah. And most hospitals usually start, I think, in the second Monday of the of January. Yeah. So that's uh, that's when mine was expiring mm. as well. Okay. So you definitely have the renewed contract and now you've got a full year's contract. And the next thing that you did, because you didn't have AMC2, the next thing you did was WBA. Yes. I, I mean... Immediately, as soon as I got my contract, I contacted the WBA manager, um, s- did all the paperwork that was needed, um, got onto the program, got my blueprint, as they like to call it. It's just basically what that means is you have an assessor for each month, and these assessments are what you go through. Yep. So um, I got that for the year. I kept going through it one by one. And in this year, I, had, uh, I did an initial term of nights, and then uh, COVID hit, and then I went to orthopedics. That was clearly your best rotation. Yes, yeah. orthopedics. Oh, good God. I have and, and it was clear that's where you met me. Yes, so that's your yes. best. Uh, that's why I'm just going to put it out there. It was the best rotation you've ever had and so much fun. Oh, absolutely. It you was, had Caroline uh, on your team. <laughs> just to side note, the only reason I survived that rotation was because of Caroline. Big, otherwise, I have um, serious issues with surgeons, <laughs> in particular orthopedicians. No w- offense to you all, but I just... It can't. was a very, very challenging rotation. Like, I put put my people skills to the test. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. that rotation... Bro- we were bonded through trauma. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's, that's the nicest thing you could say about that rotation. <laughs> Uh, well, and then after that, <coughs> what I did was when I was uh, asked about my rotations or my areas of interest, I knew that as an IMG, I need to get my basic rotations done, which is mm. your eight weeks of emergency, 10 weeks of medicine, 10 weeks of surge. Yeah. Um, so I had my medicine done when I uh, when I did a bit of stroke and the hospital at night, part of it was still a bit of medicine. So the hospital said, we can get you the medicine rotation. Don't worry about it. Um, and then I did my surgical rotation, which was in orthopedics, and I went to ED. So because I'd done all of these three in the first half of the well, first uh, three quarters of the year, I had an option to choose my last rotation. Mm. So I told the director that my area of interest is psychiatry. Mm-hmm. Would it be possible for me to get a rotation in it? And uh, because most more often than not, um, hospitals tend to give you your choice of rotation, but they'll end up making you do something that they want yeah so in my case that was orthopedics mm. so um anyway i had to get through a surgical term so i decided well doesn't matter what rotation it is uh, i'm going to hate it anyway so but i did it uh, just because i needed to tick that box and then i went into psychiatry as an rmo completely different world from the different mm. from the hospital that i'd worked in um i loved it from the day I stepped onto the ward, I absolutely fell in love with that place. Just the medicine behind it, the the, the unrecognized medicine behind it. And granted, I had an excellent uh, boss at that time who was a very good tutor. Um, and this is a consultant I'm talking about, not just the registrar. So he would just not shy away from answering any questions you would ask him. Just constantly keep 
explaining things to you break it down dumb it down for you at a student's level and that's how i got all my basics uh, and i i realized this is what i wanted to do mm-hmm. so the next year when they were allocating rotations again i went to the director and i said i know this is too much to ask but i want two more rotations of psychiatry because i think this is going to be my career pathway mm. and i don't see myself doing anything else apart from this and i'll just pause you on that because you said i know this is too much to ask and this is something like imgs versus locals locals aren't shy for asking what but they what do they for what they want they'll go up to the director of clinical training they're like i want this and as imgs we're like look i will do like the whole year of nights if you give me one rotation in this area that i'm interested in. like we feel like we can't ask and if we do we have to give something massively in return but the locals ask they demand actually if anything and for not not to get and they don't negotiate they don't go okay i will do um this horrible rotation if you give me icu they're just like this is what i want i want icu or i'm leaving to another hospital so i always say with imgs you need to go for it if this is what you want don't wait for it to come and fall on your lap go approach your director of clinical training and ask for it no absolutely uh, i completely agree with you there's there's always that element that we shy away a little bit mm. and i i i did the same thing i was i was scared that i might not get my rotation and uh, i really wanted to well it sounds wrong but i i just basically wanted to barter my way into getting the rotations i wanted mm. or negotiate um so i went up to her and i said i will do if you can give me two rotations of psychiatry please then i'm happy to do the next three months of nights and another term of whatever you want me to do and uh, she had to she had a lot to think about it because she's like oh I, i thought i would give you pediatrics because you said you wanted that but by then i had my heart set on mm. psychiatry and i didn't want to lose that uh, momentum that i was building with the bosses over there because let's be honest it it was all about out it is always about out of sight out of mind yeah so if as long as i'm there you've got to i've got to make uh, the right connections and by this time uh first three months i was just expressing my interest to the bosses just the consultants very superficially yes this is i think this mm-hmm. i really am interested i think this is what i want to do just uh, just on superficially and uh one day i decided right i need to again get out of my shell stop being scared of anything anyone so i walked up to the director of uh, psychiatry and i told him i'm interested in psychiatry how do i get about to be a registrar mm. and we're going to have an entire podcast on exactly that process that you went through um because obviously that's information in itself it's going to be long and we need to really break it down because it is quite a full on process it was, so we need to definitely yes. interrogate you on that mm. so um so you got your t- did you get your two rotations in psych yes i got my two rotations in psych and then i ended up getting a rotation in nights and medical relief oh, and the second i saw my roster i had i mentally had a note set in my head that come what may I am going to get into the program before I hit that <laughs> rotation of nights. Not that I didn't like nights because I think that that was the best term that I had in the hospital. Oh wow. I learned so much because of the autonomy I had and also the right amount of support. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um that's very important but um I think uh maybe it's just me that I function really well with being thrown in the deep end mm. but 
remember that there's always help for you. Mm. You just have to ask. If you don't ask, you won't get. And that's the biggest problem with us IMGs is that we, we, we're so scared to ask. But what's the most that's going to happen? They'll tell you that they don't know. Mm. Or they'll just say, you should know this. And you tell them, all right, well, I don't know. And I'll try and learn and be a bit better next yeah. time. And that's fine with them. So I, but even by this time, I hadn't gotten my general registration. So uh, I feel, uh, although I finished my WBA, it took a while for all of that to happen. Yeah. And then uh, I got my two rotations in psychiatry. Um, psychiatry has usually two intakes. And obviously I'll tell a bit more in our uh, other podcast. But the reason why I asked for two was because the second one was my backup in case I couldn't get through to the first one. And um, so... I got my two rotations, two rotations, kept going through as per usual. But there was a tricky bit over there was that I had a change of three directors mm. in, in those three terms. So I had to go and express my interest to one. Change of three psychiatry, psychiatry directors. directors. So I'd go and express department. my interest to one yeah. and try and impress them, try and be proactive in my approach and do presentations and whatnot. And then he'd be gone. And another one would come yeah, and then he'd be that's gone. That's tricky. So that's why I thought, all right, in case this department loses any more directors, I need to have another backup rotation, which is why I asked for the third one. I mean, that would have been third in a row. Ideally, one or two rotations is enough for you to express your interest and to yeah. show that that's how things work. And uh, that was basically it. Um, I, I pl- got my general registration. I did what was asked of me by the consultants there. And by this time, the consultants had started to vouch for me mm. because they'd been seeing me for over six months. Yeah. And I went to all the consultants who were working there like, yes, absolutely. Mm. And they went in and told the director that we have a doctor here who is willing to stay in this city who's willing to participate and stay here for as long as he needs to, why don't we give him an opportunity? Because this director was, again, very new. Yeah. So they vouched for me. They went and spoke for me. And um, the director said, yeah, all right, fine. Mm. I've, I've not met this chap, but if everybody is here who's saying the right things, and this is all about basically being respectful and mindful of what your consultants or your registrars want. And... Um, that was basically it. I, I got my interview and it was a three-part interview because it was a long process to get there. But then, yes, and by the by, 2021, midway through 2021, I started working as a registrar. Yeah. So this is pretty amazing because you did the observership program. You got the you landed the job in the hospital that you did the observership program on. You did your WBA. You got your general registration. Then you did some psych terms and then you got officially onto the Australian training program and you're on your way to be a qualified psychiatrist in Australia. And this is all at the same workplace and really within the space of two and a half years, which is pretty amazing. Yes, from the start of my observership until the day I became a registrar was uh, a process of about two and a half years. Which is incredible. Um, and that, that's why I think this in particular is such a success story because you went in, you didn't waste time, you played the game well, you did all the right things, you knew what you wanted, you went for it and um, you kind of always had a strategy in everything that you did. There was always a strategy behind it um, and you managed to get on an, like 
getting onto these specialty training programs as an IMG, it's not impossible, but it does require a bit of extra work, I feel. And you have to go out there and you have to really prove prove yourself. Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with you. Now that I say it out loud, it sounds like I was strategized. It sounds like I was organized, but I probably feel like I have undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> and uh, take that from a psych registrar. <laughs> so saying all that, um, this is an incredible IMG success story. And for the people that are listening, I hope you've heard this and you've you've he- you can feel the hope because this person's telling you that they were just a PGY2 with a crappy broken CV with a little yeah. bit of work here, a little bit of work there. They went up against some really seasoned doctors in the observership program. They landed the job and within two and a half years, they're on an Australian training program. Like you should be so proud of yourself. I'm absolutely inspired by you. Well, it it does some days still feel unreal. It does, doesn't it? Two and a half years later. But um, it's possible. It absolutely is. And uh, sometimes I have to keep telling myself that. And so I tell this to all our listeners that don't, don't shy away from taking that extra step. Do it and think about the consequences later sometimes that's the only way it works yeah absolutely well thank you so much for joining us on this podcast i feel like i'm already hooked on to this yeah i'm so excited to tell everyone my story (laughs) the other thing is everyone that we put in front of the mic gets so addicted to podcasting they're like they love it so you just yeah yes i I wonder why i didn't do this before (laughs) exactly So this is where we're going to end part two and we're going to invite Dr. Fraz back in part three where he's going to discuss his tips and his best advice to help you improve as an IMG doctor working in Australia. But we also have a YouTube channel that we put all these podcasts to and we actually put all these podcasts earlier than our social media accounts. So if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, then please head over there and click the subscribe button. Other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure with Dr. Faraz um, and I hope you found this extremely informative and we'll catch you in the next podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for being here. Take care.